Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. So this is a mini VP. It's a mini Velocity Podcast because it's related to the news. So this week you're getting a Ninja News Japan, a mini Velocity Podcast, and basically a full episode of C. McBee. So this week's just a plethora of podcasting goodness, if, if that's what you're into. <laughs> I don't know why I would even say that. If you're listening to a podcast now, a, a relatively small one in the world, you're clearly into podcasts. Anyways, Trump in America right now, this is uh, December 15th, 2020, is trying to take credit for the vaccine. So he basically... He and his administration pushed these companies to make the vaccine. So the, the companies, so Pfizer and whatnot, they don't get credit for the vaccine. This is Trump's vaccine. And he wants to introduce it to the population and get full credit for it. Uh, like the stimulus checks and stuff. He wanted to make sure it had his name on it in America so that he got credit for people getting money. So basically, a good thing happens. Trump wants his name attached to it. That's actually politically pretty smart. You want to make sure that people are happy about the things you do or the good things that happen in people's lives, that they connect that to you as the leader. I have extrapolated some assumptions from or predicted some issues and problems with Trump connecting his name to the vaccine. Because this is kind of a betrayal to a lot of things that have come before. Trump, he wasn't, you know, outwardly anti-mask. It's like he's not outwardly racist, but he clearly is. Trump didn't wear a mask. He did all the things you're not supposed to do. He didn't do social distancing and he got COVID. And then he got, you know, the super serum that made him healthy again that no one else gets. All of that proves that COVID is real. But a lot of his supporters are the people who think that COVID is not real that this is not a big issue. It's not something you should care about. They've called it the common cold or just a flu, things like that. So extrapolating from the information you get, now this might just be a vocal minority, but it's the vocal minority that gets all the attention in the media. There is a problem they're going to have now because the anti-mask people, the anti-vaxxation people, these are most likely Trump supporters. If they're going to be one of the two, if they're going to be Biden or Trump, they're probably going to be Trump. Again, that's an assumption, but this whole few minutes that I'm talking is all based on assumption and extrapolation from the media I have consumed. A lot of the people who see this probably see it as a betrayal. Like, how can Trump put his name on the vaccine? But at the same time, the vaccine comes and it's good and it works, then Trump's our savior. But then, if you are a Trump supporter and you're an anti-vaccine person and then Trump says you have to get the vaccine because you get the vaccine, you're actually going to live. If you live, that's good. And then Trump gets credit for you living and not dying. So what do the anti-vaxxers do? Do they say Trump's wrong? Do they say Trump's lying? Do they say 
maybe someone has forced the vaccine onto Trump and they pushed him into this position, even though he doesn't believe it. That's actually, to me, the most logical answer for those people, the mental gymnastics they have to go through. The logical conclusion, which of course is not what's going to happen, is actually that these people should abandon Trump because he's betrayed them by going full in on the vaccine. So by trying to curry favor, by taking credit for the vaccine, Trump is actually betraying the people he's been speaking to the most. So the way it's being done is that uh, old people and healthcare workers are going to get it first. That's logical. Uh, that's the way it is in every country. But you need to take two doses. And this comes up with an interesting secondary problem. You're going to get it. And then the doctors say you're going to experience one day of symptoms. And they called it discomfort which means you're probably going to fever, you're probably going to get a headache, you're going to get mild symptoms like that. For anti-vaxxers and whatnot, to them, this day of discomfort is actually going to prove that the vaccine doesn't work. They got the vaccine and then they felt worse, therefore the vaccine doesn't work. Therefore, there's actually a really good chance that they're not going to take the second dose of the vaccine. Now, the vaccine needs two doses to be effective. That is very important. This is like antibiotics. If you don't know about like superbugs and stuff, most of them come from like, like diseases or bacteria and whatnot. That's antibiotics don't work on them. Uh, the way it was explained to me was actually prostitutes because you get these people in poor countries and they get symptoms from some sort of infection or bacterial infection and they got to take antibiotics. Now you got to take a full regime of antibiotics for those to work. But these are poor people. They don't have a lot of money. They can't, they basically take the antibiotics until the symptoms go away. Now you're supposed to buy maybe another week of medicine and then take that medicine, but that's a lot of money, so they don't do it. So what happens is the bacteria in their body develops resistance to antibiotics and becomes not necessarily a mutation, but it changes into a new bacteria that resists antibiotics and becomes a superbug. So here we have in America, people taking the vaccine once feeling sick, and then I would actually bet that means there's a huge drop-off in the number of people who are going to take the second dose because it proves that it doesn't work. So if it doesn't work, why would I take it twice? Now, they haven't talked about what happens if you only take one dose and not the second. Probably it's just ineffective. Uh, it doesn't give you enough protection. You're not actually immune from COVID. But they might walk around saying, like, I took the vaccine, so I am immune, so I don't have to wear a mask anymore. But at the same time, they haven't taken the second dose. That means they are, you know, susceptible to COVID. And I could actually see there being sort of a new wave. And then if they have the same sort of situation as the antibiotics in their body, they might be gestating a new, stronger form of COVID. It's going to be COVID-20 or maybe COVID-21. There was a survey done, and it said 25% of the people are not, right now, are not willing to take the vaccine. 25% of the people are not sure, and 50% have said yes. There's two problems. The 25% who say they're not sure, I actually think they should be put on the no side. And the reason of that is something I talked about in a different episode, where people don't answer survey questions honestly. They say what they think they're supposed to say. They say what they think the right answer is. So they don't want to say no, because they know it's socially unacceptable to say, no, I will not take the vaccine. But they don't want to say yes, because they don't want to lie. So they say maybe or not sure, which actually means probably right now in America is 50-50. So the question I do not have the answer to is 50% vaccination enough to protect the whole population. And 
The 50% that gets the vaccine is the 50% that was going to be safer anyways, because they're probably wearing their masks and washing their hands and doing all those other things because they believe in these processes and procedures. The 50% that doesn't is the ones going out to bars and not wearing a mask and spreading it around. So there's an interesting problem going forward, because if you want this to be effective, you have to make people take the vaccine. Can the American government do that without causing a revolution? Now, what's going to happen really I believe they actually started this week, but are they going to get it done in time for the transition of power in the next couple months? Because if they don't, Biden's in an interesting spot, a very difficult spot, where he has to get the people who are on the 50% no to actually take the vaccine, but if he forces them, he's becoming a tyrant. I don't have an answer to any of this, but this was some of my first thoughts when I saw that Trump was like, oh, you know, I've created a vaccine. I should get credit for the vaccine. I'm like, wow, I bet a lot of your supporters don't actually like hearing that. And then the second part is, are they going to have people actually take the vaccine? And if the people who take the vaccine are doubtful, feel discomfort, in quotes, are they going to be okay? Are they going to take the second dose to actually make it 100% effective? Or again, are they going to skip out because, well, I took it and it didn't work, so there's no reason to take it. A huge problem for America coming up. We'll revisit it in a couple weeks and see what's actually happening. This might just be a, one of those predictions that disappears. Because if I predict this and I'm <clears throat> if I predict this and I'm wrong, you'll just forget about it. This is the benefit of you know predicting the future. If I'm wrong, people forget about it. If I'm right, you're like, wow, that guy, prescient. He sees the future. He uses his brain. It's not magic power. I'm just guessing, uh, extrapolating from behaviors I've seen. But if what I'm saying is accurate. Yeah, my predictions will become more valuable in the future, even though they're actually, each time, not valuable. I'm not talking about me and how not valuable my predictions are. Something to think about going forward in the next new, few news cycles is how people are accepting the vaccine and their reasoning for it, because that's something I'm going to be looking for. Do the Trump supporters accept the vaccine that he is taking credit for? Do they take the vaccine? Do they take it properly? Does it make things better or does it make things worse? The loss of the loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. Leave a text to a voice question or comment at voicelink.fm slash podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to velocipeter.com slash podcast. Sexy out homies. Those people either, <clears throat> those people either, <clears throat>